This is Megan Martin, and you're listening to the Power Company Podcast. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 55 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Things have been exceptionally busy over here at Power Company headquarters lately. Our new process journal is out into the world. And by out in the world, I mean I've shipped it to four or five countries already and uh, pretty much all over the U.S. And we're almost sold out of the first batch, so I've already ordered batch number two. So if you want to learn more about those process journals, head on over to the website, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find those in the shop on the website and learn a little more about them. And we're working on international shipping. Um, All the ones we've done so far have just been people messaging me with, you know, I need this thing in my hands, get it to me. And I've done that. So if you're interested in international shipping and you don't see it on there yet, go ahead and shoot me a message. I'd be happy to figure it out for you. Um, One more bit of news for you guys. We are headed out on tour. I've actually left Lander at this point as of today and will be hitting up several gyms in Missouri. So if you guys happen to be in the Missouri area, we are coming to you and we would love it if you would come out and see us. We'll be at uh, ROKC Kansas City on August 13th and 14th, we'll be at Climb So Ill on August 16th, at Zenith Climbing Center August 18th and 19th, and then back at ROKC on August 20th and 21st. And then we're going to be in Boise, Idaho at Asana August 25th, 26th, and 27th. So if you're in any of those areas, go see your gym, find out when we're going to be there, sign up. Um, most of those sessions have a limited number of people that are allowed to be in it, uh, just so we can give you guys enough attention. So definitely go sign up sooner rather than later and we'll see you guys soon. So, and if we're not coming to your city, hit us up. We'd love to know where you guys want us to be. Uh, so reach out and let us know. Uh, today's episode is with a good friend of mine, Emily Tilden. Um, Emily is actually the reason I came to Lander to begin with. Uh, She reached out to me via MySpace and her message said, I'm only creating this MySpace profile so that I can message you. Uh, It was at the time when I had written the song Float and Lander was interested in having me out for the Climbers Festival uh, to perform the song with Misty Murphy, my co-writer on the song. And so it was Emily's doing uh, that that got me out to Lander to begin with. And I fell in love with the place and I fell in love with a girl. And I, you know, now I live there and we're buying a house as I speak. So um, thanks to Emily for that. And Emily's a badass. Um, Honestly, she might be the most badass in her household. Uh, Her husband is BJ Tilden, who many of you know. And he's a great sport climber and a great boulder, one of the strongest climbers in America for sure. 
But the things that Emily does might be more badass. Um, She's an endurance athlete, skier, runner. You'll hear a lot about that on this podcast. And she's also a mama. Um, BJ and Emily recently had baby Wyatt, and uh, they're pretty much crushing the parenting game and, and right back into training, right back into climbing hard. So it can be done. And, and I think looking at these people who do it well is a good way to figure out how to do it on your own. And Emily, because of this mental toughness that she has that can, you know, she runs these 100-mile races in the mountains, which I can't even grasp. I don't even understand it. And, uh, but I wanted to know why that works how that works. Um, I try to go running. I just want to stop and have somebody come and pick me up. I don't even want to run home. And, uh, but for Emily, when she goes out climbing, it's a similar thing. She isn't interested in trying really hard that, you know, so we talk about that. How, how can you try really hard, go a muerte in one thing and not in the other? What's the difference? Uh, Why does it work in one place and not the other? And can you switch that? So, um, I'm not, I'm going to stop rambling now and, uh, I'm going to let Emily talk. I guess sort of having some trust in the capabilities of my body and that I put the time and practice in make me feel comfortable going out and doing those things. Sometimes when you hear your recordings of yourself, you're like, really? That's what I sound like? That's crazy. I never knew it. Yeah, that's what everybody says. But I think once you hear your voice recorded for long enough, it just sounds the exact same. Sure. Yeah, mine sounds totally the same. And in fact, since I make it sexier in all my post uh, (laughs) production, then it's even better. Yeah. Excellent. I like to listen to myself. Perfect. (laughs) You picked the right career choice then, right? Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) So first let me let me get a little bit of background on you because we're gonna we're gonna talk about mental tenacity, toughness, grit, perseverance, whatever you wanna call it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everyone has a different word for it and maybe a different definition of it. Sure. But you in my opinion, sort of exude this mental tenacity and in, in several ways, and I think we'll get into that, but give me a little bit of background on your athletic life. Uh, well, uh, I was really fortunate. I grew up in Lake Tahoe, California, which is sort of an outdoor recreation mecca. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Um, gorgeous area. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, we would just spend our childhood outside building forts and helping my dad build things and uh, being active. And so... You had siblings? I have two younger sisters. Okay. Uh, Anyhow, so then, I don't know, played soccer when I was really little, got into cross-country skiing in uh, like fourth and fifth grade, and then competed on my middle school ski teams and then my high school ski teams. Um, played soccer all through high school, uh, and ran track and got into rock climbing just a little bit in high school. Um, and then, 
knew that I really liked cross-country skiing and so chose to go to Montana State uh, up in Bozeman. I wondered how you ended up in Montana. Uh, it had mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like a cool town. <laughs> um, and then uh, walked on to the college NCAA Division One team there. For skiing. For cross-country skiing. Cross-country skiing. Yeah. And so competed, well, redshirted a semester and then competed four years there. And then followed BJ to Lander. Yeah. <laughs> what was and, I thinking? And you're still no. regretting And that. we're no. still here. No, <laughs> terrible choice. No. <laughs> um, and then started coaching skiing at the high school here mm-hmm. as a way to still stay connected to the sport um, and realized that training for skiing while coaching for skiing was increasingly challenging. Yeah, I imagine. And so then shifted gears into um, running. So that's where running comes and in. I was curious. came just went all in <laughs> yeah on running obviously so so let's talk about i don't i don't know anything about cross country skiing so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about like race length um, what's so, that look like i have no idea most nordic ski races are anywhere from 5k to 50k so that's 50K. like 50k 3 that miles to crazy. 30 some miles uh and so Skiing is unique in that the conditions are always different. Right. So you could have really fast snow conditions and it could feel like an easier race. Sure. Or it could be snowing. Just horrendous. An inch an hour and you're just slopping through whatever happens. Yeah. Uh, Do you find that same thing in the mountains running? Or is it generally mostly um, I think running in the mountains is even maybe a little bit easier in some ways. Okay. Uh, maybe the weather patterns can be challenging that yeah. way. Uh, but I think in all of these sports, the strategy is still that like keeping moving is your safety net. Right. Like rarely do you think, oh, I'm definitely spending the night out there. You're like, hell no, I'm getting home. <laughs> I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep moving in whatever capacity I need to. Because that's the safer option yeah. than trying to bivy or... So how many of these long, like, 50K cross-country ski races have you done? Uh, See, I don't even know this part I, of the background. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm um, fascinated by the running and I know nothing about so, skiing. So, uh, you know, usually after... Like, when I was in college, I would do some, like, postseason. They call them marathon distance ski races so anything that's 30k to 50k or longer are sort of this marathon category of skiing um and you're just doing those for fun yes don't laugh when i say that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i think a lot of races it's partly you get to see a new place you travel somewhere different uh as in all sports i think the camaraderie of it keeps you invested and keeps you kind of coming back for more totally um and then, of course, the like, well, can I do it is mm-hmm. a big motivator. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't you've know, done maybe 10. Okay. And then runs. So, let me just preface this by saying that the first time I think I ever saw you run or saw, saw you during a run mm-hmm. was my first time here in Lander with the 
I don't even know what they call it up there at Wild Iris. The it was the Wild Iris Mountain Run, and now it's the Dolomite Dash. Okay, that, is that right yeah. with the breakfast? Yeah, yeah. And I remember that day, just jogging from like where they had the pancake breakfast <laughs> up to the bathroom, right. which is what like a hundred yards. Sure. And I almost died at nine thousand feet. Yeah, like whoa. Yeah, it felt horrendous. And then you come cruising in at the end of the race, winning. And look totally fine. You look better than I did just jogging <laughs> to the bathroom. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I was fascinated by how this even happens. And you've run much longer races than that one. That mm -hmm. one was a 5K or um, was it longer? It was a 21K, so about a oh, half God. marathon length. This sounds crazy to me. <laughs> okay, so longer races. You've done a few. Yes. Way up in the mountains. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about those and what they are. Um. Trail running and ultra running, I would say, are... I think trail running is a bit of a misnomer here. I was reading That's about possible. it on the internet a little bit, and they kept calling them trail runs, and I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> trail runs are at sea level on a flat, well-maintained sure. trail. <laughs> Maybe it's just what you're used to. <laughs> um, I mean, ultimately, it's still about who can do it the fastest. Sure. Uh but I like that there's an adventure component and I mm -hmm. think that there is, there's some inherent wisdom in the sport in that you have to make sure that you take care of yourself first, right? right. If you're injured 15 miles into the mountains, yep. you better have Mike rush with you so that he can carry you out. That's a good dude to have with or, you in almost all cases, <laughs> almost all cases. Um, or you just know that it's all on you. You sprain an ankle, you run out of food, whatever your situation is, it's still you that has to get you back. Someone's right. not going to come and get you, come and save you. So right. I think inherently knowing that you go into it more conservatively, you have to really check in with how your body works and what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of self-analysis that goes with, um, with just those types of events and whether it's a structured event or... Uh, what we just call like an unsupported run in the mountains. The and an unsupported run is just you out there, like doing you in your backpack to do it, and maybe some water filtration. Yeah, okay. versus a race where you have aid stations every five to ten miles, right, and right. there's supplies available to right. you. So all this talk about running in the mountains is making me really anxious, <laughs> and it's because. I mean, exactly what we're here to talk about, this this idea of grit or mental tenacity or toughness. Mm -hmm. And you don't just, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't just get up and go, okay, I'm going to go run a 20K in the mountains, having never done anything correct. similar, right? Yes, yep. So where do we get that? Where do you get that mental toughness from? Do Is it a something that's trained is it practiced what is it i think it's all of those things for sure mm -hmm. um i think one of it is like comfort in your environment so growing sure. up playing outside in the woods going on backpacking trips you know from the age of seven yep being out by yourself on cross-country ski trails mm -hmm. i feel comfortable outside and so i don't have anxiety around just the space that i'm taking up um and then I also think that there's a lot to be said for uh, knowing 
that I'm strong and capable and that I've put the time and practice in and not specifically to running in the mountains necessarily, but that I take care of my body and I've weightlifted for a long time and I have a really good endurance base. Right. So um, I guess sort of having some trust in the capabilities of my body make me feel comfortable going out and doing those things. Mm-hmm. Reading a map is a really good skill. <laughs> yeah. Knowing where you're going. Um, and then I think the other part about uh, when you say, oh, I'm a trail runner, people are like, whoa, that's so tough. I'm like, actually, there's a lot of hiking going on. Sure. Like, your worst case scenario is that you walk. Right. And so there's plenty of walking. I don't think that's the worst case scenario. Well, <laughs> no, but in our like sports mind ego, right, right. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can walk up the hill. It's okay. For sure. It'll be fine. I can let my heart rate come back down. I can refuel a little bit. I can drink some water. Yeah. And I'm still making momentum forward. Yeah. Um, and that's important. You know, so, I think, you know, what you're talking about is just building up these small successes along the way. Absolutely. And... Are there ever moments when you're running that you reflect back on specific successes? Or for you, does it just all build up into one big thing? Um, I think it's sort of that training age mm-hmm. piece where I have this lifetime of sports under my belt. Right. Um, and then I think also I've done some really hard things that I was uncertain of the outcomes mm-hmm. and I was okay. I made it through those hard things. And so... Um, so I think that starts to build some confidence there as well. You're like, well, it isn't as bad as mile 75 of the bear 100 right, or right. <laughs> right? like, yep. um, and I think when you get in those moments and you listen to what, what am I telling myself? Am I getting really down on myself? Am I like, what am I doing out here? This is bad. I don't feel good about this situation. Letting that be a trigger to sort of reset and reframe your expectations right. around, uh, I can just walk. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how slowly I go, as long as I'm still headed in that direction, that's okay. Yeah, I think, and, I think for me that's been an important part of learning to be mentally strong. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started getting on, say, big routes in the Madness Cave, and yep. the Madness Cave was super intimidating and scary, yep. I could very easily reflect back to, okay, I'm at this point, I'm this pumped, but in the gym, on the yellow route, yep. as stupid as that sounds, I've been way more pumped and done way harder moves afterward. Yep. Totally fine. Yep. So I can do this. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think the trick is that you have to remind yourself that you've had success and right. that you can have success again, even when things feel really challenging. Yep. And so... I mean, in the gym, I see it a lot where people get down on themselves really quickly. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can look at that as a failure, but you can also look at it as a success. And the mm-hmm. success might look really, really small in comparison, yep. but it's just as valid. And uh, if you can keep focusing on the small successes, again, it builds momentum into something that turns out to be maybe a bigger deal. Yeah. Have you ever read or heard of the book called The Rise? I haven't. It's uh, Sarah Lewis. Mm-hmm. And she talks a lot about what she calls the gift of a near win, mm-hmm. where ultimately you could see it as a failure. And on f- at face sure. value, it's a failure. Yep. But 
there's tiny little successes in that failure that she's calling a near win, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Yep. You know, do you do you have any specific near uh, wins there, that you? Yeah. Um, there's a so just outside of Park City is Soldier Hollow, which is the site of the Olympic cross country skiing okay. when they were in uh, Utah. Um, and so in college, and they host lots of. Uh, more regional types of races. So definitely some big competition there, but there was a race, maybe my junior year in college. Uh, there were these two gals from New Mexico ski team that just dominated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like, why are they so fast? What's the deal? Right. And it was a mass start. So all the skiers are lined up together right. and it's like ready, set, go. Everyone goes yeah, together, which is, chaos. which is chaos. Cause there's skis and poles and people and yeah. the trail gets narrower and all these things. Anyhow, I find myself in third place behind these two girls from New Mexico. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, here we go. What am I doing here? I don't belong here. Right. But I said, screw it. I'm going to ski with them as long as I can. And so maybe I skied with them for the first lap and then I, you know, trailed off, but still ended Mm -hmm. up maybe in the top five. Uh, Nonetheless, I proved to myself that I was capable of skiing with them. And then it wasn't yeah. actually that hard. Right. And while I wasn't prepared to ski the entire race with them, I was totally sort of out of my league, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really sort of that gateway drug into one, training harder that summer, and then coming into my senior year, feeling like this is where I belong. This is where I should be racing. Yeah. And not being intimidated by sort of the, the untouchables that I didn't think I was capable of sticking with Mm -hmm. with those girls you know or with somebody like you mentioned Micah Rush Mm -hmm. you know having having those people around or that competition in front of you I think is a really important part of building this component of competition yes even if it's just competition with yourself it doesn't have to be you know an actual competition but I think that's a really important part of it to see how those people structure their own races mm-hmm. or their own red points yep. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and see see the struggle that they go through. And yep. the closer that you get, the the better you're able to see that struggle. Yep. And the more you can relate to it and so then yeah. the more quickly you're able to internalize it and then it sort of just becomes part of your normal routine. Right. Yeah. Like I think, you know, the, the media is such a, it's a great thing and it's a horrible thing because sure. we get inspired by it, but then we see the, the parts we see are the, the wins, right? you know? Yep. So someone sees Chris Sharma send Jumbo Love, they don't look at the six or seven years of work he put into it absolutely constantly and the times it kept him up at night and yeah all the sacrifices he made to go make it happen yep. you know yep. so we tend to want this like immediate satisfaction from everything we do mm-hmm. and and that's why i think it's important to dig in a little bit with the the people you look up to or admire or are competing against because then you'll see the the truth yeah absolutely you know? i think there's also um well, so BJ and I, I have a unique situation because I live with BJ Tilden, who right. is a really accomplished climber. And yeah. so he comes home and he says, 
God, I struggled on this thing. It was terrible, but <clears throat> I did really well on my last pitch of the day because I got back on the 13D right. for my fitness pitch or whatever. Right. I'm like, oh, really? You're amazing. I could never climb 13D. <laughs> ah! uh, but then also, you know, we sort of laugh about how silly of a sport climbing is. He's like, really? It's just a stupid boulder problem. Why do I care about this so right. much? Yep. I'm like, well, maybe it has more to do with that we're intrigued by doing the thing that's really challenging for us. Mm -hmm. And so sort of in our relationship and in our household, we sort of joke, we're like, well, you wouldn't want to do it if it wasn't hard. If there wasn't a struggle that came with it, you wouldn't be interested in it. Sure. And so I think also framing your internal dialogue around, I like to do hard things right. and identifying with that and choosing right. that and embracing the challenge also gives you that mental tenacity or, um, right. Because then you're leaning into the challenge instead of leaning away from it. Right. Exactly. And recognizing that it gives you passion and to be dramatic, a reason to live and, uh, you know, the things that just keep you fired up and waking up in the morning. Yeah, totally. And you know, that, that leads me right into in sort of in preparing for this conversation, I decided I'm going to go running a few times and I'm going to run up some hills and, and it sucked. <laughs> but <laughs> the first time I ran, I got to the top of the first hill and was like, I quit. Like, I'm going to call somebody to come and pick me up right. and bring me home because <laughs> this is terrible. And, and the fact is I didn't really care about it that first time. Like I was just doing it. I was going through yep. the motions. The second time I'm like, okay, now I have a, a base level. Yep. This is where I was the last time. Can I go a little bit further mm -hmm. this time before I want to double over? Sure. And I went way further. And then the third time, I made the whole run without stopping, and I felt pretty yeah. good afterward. Yep. And the whole time, I'm going, you know, I'm comparing it. This is how I felt last time right here. I feel a little mm -hmm. better. You know, or even this time, I don't feel quite as good right here, I yep. don't think. Let's see how I feel in, you know, a quarter mile yep. or wherever. And I say a quarter mile because I'm not running 20 <laughs> fucking miles right no You're way like, we i'm don't going like a mile and a half <laughs> <laughs> and almost dying but so i think it it has to be you have to care about it yeah absolutely you know it can't just be that we and, and that can just be the challenge you care about the challenge yep. bj cares about the challenge but he also loves rock climbing yeah you know and you love running and mm -hmm. skiing yep and bj and i've joked about this pretty often that we are okay going 100 percent on a route sure. or on a boulder and but if we had to run unless there's a bear chasing right. us we're probably going to stop pretty mm -hmm. quickly you on the other hand don't necessarily care a ton about rock climbing so right so you'll just you know, you're out there to have fun and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And why go super hard sure. and wreck your skin and right. all of this? <laughs> but when you're running, you'll go. Yep. So I think it's interesting that it it can transition over to other things, right? Mm -hmm. I think so, for sure. But it has to be something you care about. Yep. And I think that's tricky because why do I care about running? 
I don't really know. Yeah. And why is it Do that rock climbing resonates so deeply with BJ? Yeah. He, I don't know. He might not know. Yeah. But for whatever reason does. it does. And so I think you just sort of have to embrace whatever thing really resonates with you. And maybe it's how you relate to your body moving in certain ways. I think there's um, the rhythm of running for me has yeah. almost a, for lack of a better term, that walking meditation mm-hmm. component. Um, you know, of course, I have some really great <clears throat> friends and running partners that make it social. And so it's uh, interesting in that way also. Yeah. Um, and when you say walking meditation, you're just talking about, you know, everything else dropping away mm-hmm. while you're doing it? Yeah. And that it's a place that I can uh, sort of process in the background, but still be present with where I'm putting each foot, how my breathing is, what my surroundings look like, what mm-hmm. noises are happening around me. So I think there's some sort of heightened sense of connection with the place yep. because I'm moving in a way that I feel really comfortable moving in my body. Yeah. And that does uh, not happen for you rock climbing? Rarely. Okay. I wouldn't say that it never mm-hmm. has. And I think it's with practice and some some yep. caring. Yep. I'm sure that it could get there. Mm-hmm. But I haven't put the time into it to sort of connect with it in that way. Whereas yeah. uh, whether it's just the scope of my lifetime of athletics, running has been an easier thing for me to access that way. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, what you're describing is what happens for me rock climbing. Yep. And, you know, when I leave the ground everything else drops away. I, I don't hear people's voices mm-hmm. unless I want to. I yeah. can tune, tune in. into specific yeah. voices. Yep. And, you know, and I don't know if that's the flow state or whatever it is that people want to call it, but that connection is what makes me care about it. Yeah. Yep. And you I know. think it's, again, it's just like the more, the more of it you have, the more you want it. Yeah. Is totally. usually what happens. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, the book Grit, have you ever read that book? I haven't read that one either. I haven't read the book. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts with the author whose name is Angela Lee Duckworth. Mm-hmm. And and I've listened to part of her audiobook, but she describes grit as passion and perseverance. Yep. She believes that it has to have that passion component or or it won't be grit. You can't turn it on unless you really care about it. Yep. And I think that's maybe the catalyst place, right? We might experience it in running or in climbing, but what happens when you, do you have grit in a situation that's like not fun and not pleasant Mm -hmm. when you think about who's going to (laughs) survive right? right. Uh, in those sort of like tough situations? I do think we can turn on a connection to an experience that we've had in a, in a positive way. Exactly. That's, that's what my thought um, is as well. But then the zombie apocalypse happens and all the rock climbers survive and the runners <laughs> save them because they're stuck in Lander and we can get to Pinedale. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I think that's <laughs> totally, totally true. Um, <laughs> so I think in some ways, right, that almost practicing grit, mm-hmm. but going into things thinking this will be hard, but I know that this is my strategy. I'm going to, in ultra running, we say one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what you do over and over and over again. 
And so breaking it down into those smaller pieces that are approachable is a really common uh, sort of athletic psychological strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, you just, I like that you just use the word strategy because Mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, that's a huge part of any, of pushing yourself toward anything Yep, is being tactical about it. Yeah. You know, being strategic. And I think a lot of it has to do with managing our expectations. Mm -hmm. They're just talking to a client about, it's okay to go bolt to bolt. Yeah. It's better. I mean. Go into it knowing you're going to go bolt to bolt. Right. And if you exceed that, you're going to be pumped. Yeah. But go into it just learning the moves, Mm -hmm. just practicing the movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, You have a tactical plan before you even leave the ground. Yeah. And that's, BJ and I talk about it all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, we had dinner, I think it was last year while we were here. And I don't remember if it was you or Annalisa asked, what what do you guys talk about when right. you're climbing? Because you all had been out on a girls climbing day and had this great conversation. Of course. You're like, what do you guys talk about? And we're like, we just talk about the route. Right. Like, we're like, talk what? about climbing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we talk about. We talk about what's the next step. Yep. You know, tactically, what am I going to do next time? Let's yep. weigh all of our options. Let's yep. let's talk it out. Let's mm-hmm. discuss the whole thing. Yep. You know, I think that's a, a big part of it. Yeah. So with the, you know, the, uh, this team that you keep around you, mm-hmm. you mentioned Micah, you mentioned you have running partners, yep. you know, you have BJ who you can look at having mental toughness in another aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Do those people enter your, I guess, motivation when you're, training when you're preparing or are they mostly there do you think for the moment like for the event uh i think they do have a broader reach than just in that moment Mm -hmm. or just at that event uh i think mostly in the way that they inspire me to be a better person and they right uh if i'm doing a workout with ellen Mm mm-hmm I'm going to do the best job that I can because I want to sort of honor the work that Ellen puts into her strength training as well. Sure. My running partner, Maggie. That's a good word. Is honor. amazing, right? And inherently when you're out doing something with someone on a regular basis, you're like, oh, I am tanking today and she's going to carry me along. Right. Conversely, she will have a bad day. And it is my responsibility mm-hmm. to carry her along. And so I think that in a lot of ways, you you do feed off the energy of the people that you choose to have around you. Yep. And you choose to be around people who are positive and can see the good in a bad situation and kind of know the right thing to say to you at any given moment. Yeah. Um, but it is, in Maggie's case, I'm like, I better get my butt out the door because I know that Maggie's out the door. Mm-hmm. Right. If I want to keep up with her, I've got to put my time into. Right. So there is inherently some level of competition there that's a driving force. Yep. Uh, but I think it also really comes from a place of like we can do this really cool stuff together, yep. and we're better together than apart. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Kind of a thing. Um, yeah. This toughness doesn't have to so, be a solo thing all the not time. Not at all. You, know, you you build yourself up by 
keeping people around you yep. who will help build you up. Yep, absolutely. Know? And who you can help yeah, build Yeah, for up. sure. Yep. You know, just the other week when I went to rifle with BJ, I didn't even think about it before we went, but I hadn't climbed any long pumpy routes in yeah. two and a half years or right. something. And pretty quickly I was like, Whoa. Where are the boulders? Yeah, like, totally. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> and it was interesting to see that that role reversal where now BJ is really good at long pumpy routes. Sure. Um, after spending all this time at Wolf Point. Yep. And I'm like, I don't want to get pumped. I don't like this feeling. Yeah. I, I don't know why I ever liked this, you know? And BJ's like, I think you got to try it one more time. Yep. I'm like, okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I do. You know, and and if it weren't for having that, you know, having him to be accountable to yep. and, and him being comfortable enough to hold me accountable. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it, you know. Yep. I'd have walked away and made some excuse as to why it was okay to walk away. Yeah. You know. Yep. I think it's good to have that that team around you yeah. and you know, just continue to be inspired by your partners. Absolutely. And continue to inspire your partners. Yep. I think that's that's a yeah. big part of being tough. Definitely. Yeah, and I think also that piece of that you're not alone. That you do have support systems. Yeah. And relying on them and calling them that and recognizing that they are your support system all of a sudden feels like such a big relief off your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You're like, even if they're not standing there next to you, no, but you You know know. that you can call them or text them and be like, Oh my God, I was terrible today. And be like, well, tomorrow's a new day, whatever they have to say. But, um, and they care about, I mean that they're invested back to that same being passionate, caring about something. They care about your plight as well yep and they can relate to it and so it feels Mm -hmm. just as meaningful to them i think as it does to you yeah on your on your good days or your bad days yep totally are there are there ways that you remind yourself when you're in the heat of it Uh, are there mantras you use other than just the one foot in front of the other is there something that you personally use um i think it's more often than not a reminder for technique. So sort of like a return to your body or a, um, for me, it's like keep swinging your arms. Like I tend to stiffen up when I'm getting tired, Um, you know, trying to keep it smooth, keep it easy. So any sort of thing that maybe I as a coach would tell someone Mm -hmm. if I was having an out of body experience, (laughs) like what would I tell myself? Right. And so I try to use those types of things when the going gets tough. Yeah. And so focusing on being in the moment, the task at hand, uh, and how to do that to the best of my ability. Well, I think you just brought up an important point I hadn't really thought about. Um, that you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all make mistakes. The best rock climbers, the best runners, the best skiers yep. make mistakes. Even at the most critical moments, we make mm-hmm. mistakes. What are, you just mentioned one, you tighten up, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you start to get fatigued. Yep. What are some mistakes that you find yourself making that are things you want to change? So I think this is an important part of being mentally tough is owning those mistakes you make or owning those sure. shortcomings. They don't even have to be mistakes. They might just be things that you feel like you still need to work on more heavily than the rest of the things. 
Running is an interesting one because it's such a repetitive movement. Uh-huh. Stride after stride after stride yep. is, let's say, should be relatively the same. It's not always. Right. Uh, trail running is great in the capacity that uh, every stride is a little different because sure. you're the terrain having changes. some lateral movement, you're changing yep. foot placement over rocks, all of those sorts of things. Um, but I think that it is about breathing and making it as efficient as possible. And so mm-hmm. really, uh, I think it's sort of a repetition piece. And then running especially because our bodies respond physiologically to training is simply putting the time in and knowing that you have that training base yep. to maybe go and do something that's a little out of your comfort zone or more challenging. Yep. Um, I think being out of your comfort zone is big. Yep. And I think <laughs> running is tricky in the way that, you know, you, it is not apparent to you that your core is weak when you're out running. Sure. However, when you put the time in and you do some specific core training, your running gets better. Right. So it's not like a, oh, I blew that move. I just can't get that reach because my hips aren't flexible enough. I can't get there or that kind of a thing. Yep. It's a little more subtle. But that's also a place where I think training partners can be really useful is that you can be like, hey, do you know that you like always toe off that weird way on that side? And so Mm -hmm. having someone else watch you and be like, oh, yeah, your arm swings to the inside on that side and your other arm is straight or you tilt your head to the side or whatever little weird body quirk thing you have developing when you get tired is usually when they show up. Yeah. Um, Having someone can kind of call you out on that and again, keep you accountable are the places that I find I learn about my insufficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find that I like to, to, you know, surround myself with the people who do things differently than I do. Yeah. You know, one of the things I really watch BJ on a lot is that he can pull off the ground and explode. Right. I mean, it's try hard, 100% first move yep. till the end. Yeah. And for me, I have to build up into that try hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been, I watch him like a hawk and try to learn his techniques. And I watch the way he purposely breathes. Mm-hmm. I watch the way he prepares himself, his posture before he gets on a route. Yep. So I think it's important to have that as well. You know, yeah. just identifying your partners, what they do differently. Yep. And what they might do better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, try to find your way into that as well. Yeah, for sure. I think the other piece of it is um, the place going back to how, what do I want to work on for my running? Right. It's more of a big picture lifestyle thing. Like Mm -hmm. I've got to make sure I'm drinking enough water every single day. I've got to make sure that my diet has enough calories in it every single day. I need to make sure I'm eating enough protein. I need, you know, that I'm sleeping enough, which is a whole other ball game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you're brand new mama. Yeah. It, not um, so easy. So I think it's those kind of pieces that I also can identify as places that I want to improve um, so that I can handle a, a bigger training load. So since you brought up this, you know, now you've got baby Wyatt. Mm-hmm. A lot of my listeners are moms. How do you continue this this mental tenacity with all these extra responsibilities thrown in? Um, I think in some ways being a mom has deepened my ability to mm-hmm. have some mental tenacity. Sure. Uh, 
one of my nurses, of course, at the hospital said, well, they don't call it labor for nothing. I was like, <laughs> got it. Thank like, you. Wow, what a, <laughs> yeah, so smart. So, you know, putting it in the category of things you're not sure of the outcome and yeah. that are hard, but you survive it and you make it through. Um, in a lot of ways, I think uh, having gone through labor and childbirth, I do feel like I have more sort of deep-seated strength mm-hmm. through that experience. That's something you can look back on. Be and like, I did this really hard thing. Whoa. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I've never done it. You <laughs> never will either. Never will. Lucky for you. No. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> maybe, yeah. I'm like, you can ask BJ about what his thoughts were. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I think time management is the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece of that is uh, communicating with your partner and figuring out, uh, you know, that BJ's time to climb is really important and that my time to run is really important. And uh, the older Wyatt gets, the easier it is for me to find a little separation. Um, right. Not nursing anymore. And some of those like really connected pieces that you have with your child uh, gives me a little more freedom and a little more opportunity to explore sort of what running looks like at this stage in the game. Right, right. Uh, I think I think that's really important what you just said. Explore what it looks like at this stage in the game. You don't yep. have to go right back to where you were or you completely lose out. Yes. You just have to figure out where you're at and, yep. and dig into that a little bit and then try to you know, move it in the right direction a little bit at a time. Absolutely. I read an article in the last year uh, that talked about if we got rid of the words used to out of mm. our vocabulary, Yeah. how much more pleasant our lives might be. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and trying to really embrace that as I've, uh, oh, quote unquote, gotten my body back a little bit more yep. and recognizing that it will never be the same, that it's gone through a pretty major change. And yeah. so starting wherever you are is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself. Mm, that's, that's really, really Which is good advice. Really hard to do. Yeah. Cause we get stuck on, well, I used to be able to do 20 pull-ups. I'm like, well, I feel pretty psyched that I can do five right now. Yeah. And I can do more and more sets of five yep. and I'll get back there if I want to, mm-hmm. but I might choose to put my time into other things as well. And that's okay. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So I think what I hear you say in here, you know, that just the overall picture is that whatever it is we call it, tenacity, toughness, grit, perseverance, it's it's not one thing. It's not something you just, oh, I got that. Yep. I got that thing. It's definitely not a box that you check off. Right. It's It's 50 different little components that you add together i think so it's it's your experience it's your training it's Mm -hmm. your thoughtfulness yep you know recognizing your situation it's your team yep you know it's all these things and more Mm -hmm. that you add together (gasps) absolutely you just have to be aware of how they interact with your sport or your pursuit or yeah you know climbing running skiing whatever it might be yeah no i think that's a really accurate way of Uh, representing it i guess yeah in some ways cool yeah well we're gonna do this again whether you know it or not Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk more (laughs) and more because now i have you as a captive audience since we're trapped in lander basically (laughs) right so (laughs) the pool is small 
so you'll yeah. just keep revisiting right yeah exactly <laughs> but i appreciate you taking time out of your day Absolutely. and your your being a new mama and all that to sit down thank you yep thanks awesome. sam thanks chris you know when i'm coming up with the little snippets for the beginning of these podcasts when i'm listening back through and listening for that quote that gem you know um this one had so many of those gems that I that I wanted to pull out and make a quote, but I only have so much time in there. And plus, you guys are going to listen anyway, so you, you get all the gems. But this one was especially challenging. Um, Emily's got a great way of looking at things, and I appreciate her sitting down and talking to me about the way she sees it and... Um, the way that she thinks through these things because I think that's really important. That's something that elite athletes in in all sports are able to do. Um, whether they can put it into words is a different thing, but Emily is able to, and, and that means a lot. And it means a lot to me to be able to talk to people um, who are athletes of this caliber and who can put these things into words. So this was a really great conversation and I can't wait to have another one with her, frankly. So um, soon, I think I most likely will. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Um, Go check out those journals, powercompanyclimbing.com. If you're in Missouri, if you climb at ROKC, if you climb at Climb So Ill or Zenith Climbing Center, or if you're out in Boise, Idaho at Asana Climbing Gym, we are coming your way very, very soon. So be on the lookout. Go to your gym. Find out when we're there. Sign up. Limited spots. We hope to see you out there. And uh, you guys know where else you can find us. You can find us on the Facebooks. You can find us on the Instagrams. You can find us on that Pinterest. You cannot, however, and will not, however, at any time be able to find us on the Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.